Hello, brothers, and welcome back to KKSI Presents. I'm your host, Bonko, National Vice President for Student Affairs. And I'm so very incredibly grateful for the opportunity to be a part of this production. Of course, I cannot do any of this on my own. I have some amazing help from our national communications team, our student advisor committee, and of course, a special shout out to our editor, Ryan Smith, for all of his hard work and dedication to KKSI Presents. So to all of our returning listeners, welcome back and thank you for your support. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome to our show. We appreciate you taking the time to join us today. We don't know how you stumbled upon the podcast, but we hope that this will bring you some uh, value and some enjoyment as well. Of course, this, bo- this podcast is brought to you by Kappa Kappa Psi National Honorary Band Fraternity. The purpose is to provide you some insight, some helpful tips, suggestions, and of course, to showcase the different voices of the brotherhood in an entertaining fashion that will hopefully keep you coming back. So today's guests are joining us from a chapter which is located in the great district of Columbia, but currently one of our guests is uh, all the way in New York and another brother is in Virginia. So without further ado, I'm very excited to hear what they have to share with us today about themselves, about their band and KKSI experience. So let's go ahead and pass it over to Miles to start our official introductions. Hello, thank you. Hi, my name is Miles Rayner. I am a graduating senior, mathematics major, jazz voice minor at Howard University from Winchester, Virginia. I am a spring 2020 initiate of the Ada Omega chapter of Kappa Kappa Psi, and I currently hold the position of Vice President of Membership in Special Projects. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Miles, for joining us today. Um, and we hope that the weather and everything is, is getting warmer in Virginia as well. All right, Terrell. All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Terrell Watson. I am a junior business marketing major at Howard University, originally from Brooklyn, New York. I am a spring 2020 initiate of the Ada Omega Chapter Kappa Kappa Psi National Army Bear Fraternity Incorporated. Um, and I'm excited to be here today. Uh, currently, right now, I am an active member in the chapter. Fantastic. Well, again, thank you both of you to uh, to your chapter president uh, for connecting all of us and, and getting you connected to this call uh, and this podcast series and just simply being on the call and all that you do for Kappa Kappa Psi. Now, I was told to to say if I if I were to say H U, is there a response to that? <laughs> yes, yes, sir. <laughs> so, response typically, when you say H U, oh, you want to go ahead, Miles? You can do it. Okay, so um, when someone say HU in response, we'll be like, you know, um, and we'll do it with emphasis. And it's like, it's our little calling shout thing. Um, it's amazing. I love that. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. I, I learned so many new things on these calls, and it's just so very, uh, such a unique experience to learn about each campus, each university, each band program and chapter, and like all the different traditions you all have. So thank you for sharing that. So my first question for you, and I think this probably may be the hardest question of the interview, so we'll just get it knocked out of the way. Uh, the question is, and Terrell, we'll start with you. How, how has your 2021 been so far? Ooh, yeah, like you said, that, that is a really hard question because <laughs> a million things just ran into my mind um, since the beginning of this year. Uh, starting in, in January um, with the whole protests and rioting that happened at the Capitol building mm-hmm. and us being from Harvard University in DC being one of our many homes. Um, it was crazy in and out of a sense. Um, it really 
it was like a, a, a awakening. Like, mm. you know, 2020, you had your time to blame things on 2020 and do this. But moving into the new year, you know, um, you want to take ownership for this year. You don't have two years back to back. Um, and just starting like that, it, it just, it, it opened up new fires in, in me. Um, and it helped me kind of gauge a, a path, um, honestly, into moving into 2021. Uh, I've been applying to internships. I've been, we've been re- working really, really hard, um, getting things set up for this entire semester. Um, my beginning of 2021 was really chaotic, uh, really going into February as well. But this February, this Black History Month has been also crazy to us. Um, and I know you'll ask a, a couple questions about it further down. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to get into it too much, but um, it's been very inspiring. So chaotic and inspiring would be how I would describe my 2021 so far. I love it. I love it. And definitely 2021. I, I, I think you're right there. You know, we've, we've had our time and maybe some people need more time, but I feel like, you know, people have had their time to, to blame 2020, uh, to, to really just let themselves feel what they needed to feel in 2020. And now 2021, especially being beginning of the year, like, let's go, let's, let's be solution oriented. Let's, let's, you know, start fresh. Let's get to what we want to be, where we want to be. So I can definitely appreciate that. Miles, what about you? How has your 2021 been so far? Um, in all honesty, I would say it's been relieving. Mm. Um, the reason why, because when everything first got shut down, um, March 2020, and, you know, we got sent home from Howard and, you know, our membership education process was kind of put on a hold for a little bit while everyone figured everything out. And if you don't know me, I am a social butterfly. I love to talk to people. If I don't get to talk to somebody at least once a day, I give it. So I really, um, going in quarantine and, you know, not seeing people on a daily basis or my brothers or like my friends at school, it was very uh, disheartening and it really hurt me throughout 2020. So when 2021 rolled around, uh, my birthday is January 17th. Uh, I'm a Capricorn, the best of the best. <laughs> and um, I, me and Terrell and two more of our active brothers, they came to Winchester to um, have a brunch with me for my birthday. And so, you know, that was like one of the first things that we got to do together in a while. And it was very nice and, you know, very, like, I breathe now that I can talk to people face to face and you know um, while we're still in the pandemic you know I can still have like my small group of friends with me I'm also a server and a bartender at my job at Buffalo Wild Wings here in Winchester and um, I love that's the perfect job for me because like I said I love to talk but when you see the same people every day it's like oh can I get some new faces <laughs> um, so 2021 also about like more um, people coming out to, you know, have like a little lunch date or things like that. And it really just opened me. I've been meeting people. I even met um, Kappa Kappa Psi alumni when I serve at my job. So it actually is very um, eye-opening and very relieving. Yeah, no, I, I definitely appreciate you sharing that. And as somebody who is also very social, I can definitely understand that uh, that a bit of loneliness of not being able to see people in person, and especially when your life is just so suddenly changed. Um, like, you know, so many students and brothers were affected. So I, I can definitely understand that. And I just have to say, if you ever need a taste tester for any new sauce for wings, I am, you can definitely call <laughs> I am your person. Actually, we have a new sauce coming out called truffle sauce made out of white truffles, which are mushrooms. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll definitely have to give that a try. Excited <laughs> stuff. 
Okay. So Miles, we'll start with uh, this next question. We'll start with you here. Wanted to kind of take it back and get a better idea of how you got started in KK side. <laughs> it's a very funny story. Um, so I am from Winchester, Virginia. It's a predominantly white city. Um, a lot of you, there's a chapter here at Shenandoah University, which is a very, very well-known music conservatory outside the country. Um, so I'm in a predominantly white city. So I, when I did marching band, my idea of marching band was, you know, roll step, you know, uh, no high knees, you know, playing marches for some and then playing like some upbeat songs. And so when I um, went to Howard, I wasn't supposed to join the band. And my mother took it into her own hands and called the band director and said, hey, my son is joining. He'll be there in two days. <laughs> so I went to Howard and I went through band camp. And band camp at HBCU is a little more stressful. Um, I don't know. I was not used to waking up at 5.45 in the morning to do a mile. But, you know, we did it. Uh, and I tried to quit, of course. But my band director wouldn't let me. And actually, the brothers in the Ada Omega chapter and the sisters in the Ada Delta chapter really helped me get through the um, trials of band camp. And so after I made it through, I really just recognized that for one, they're really here for the band and they're really here to kind of give us that extra push that we need or, you know, give us that shoulder to cry on. I remember our first game was in Las Vegas and we had to fly. I had never flown before. And Sean Banks, uh, Ada Delta sister, she had called me or texted me afterwards and said, hey, are you doing okay? How's your flight? You know, everything okay? And all I had to say was, I'm stuck between the drum coordinators. I'm a little squished. Um, so, yes, that was how I got introduced to it. And ever since then, I've just fell in love with the brotherhood. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. What a, a, a very fun and, and unique story there. And I can definitely say that uh, I don't know if I would wake up. I mean, I don't run in general. I walk everywhere in DC. Like I see people, I mean, DC, I mean, people run all the time. I'm like, good, honestly, good for you, but that ain't me. So the fact that you had to wake up early and run, bless, bless, bless. So oh, just wait till the winter time when we have to wear sweats and we still go out and run during band practice. <laughs> I will, I'll be supporting you across, <laughs> like, from my rooftop. I'll be like, go Howard Band. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for sharing, Miles. Um, Terrell, what about you? How did you get started with KKSI? Uh, I always think of my, my story very unique because um, I didn't have much of band history just like Miles did or other members within the band as well. Um, I come from New York. In New York, we don't, it's not a lot of marching bands. Um, I did a lot of symphonic growing up and a lot of concert. So when I got to band um, at Howard um, and seeing a marching band, it's everything I always wanted in a band. It's just that I was just never introduced to it in my past life. So I fell in love with the band instantly getting into the band, but it was hard for me because I wasn't used to the, the style of marching or the style of dancing that we did in the HBC marching band. So likewise, I had to have a lot more time than the rest of my colleagues that just came in because I just wasn't used to it. And that's where um, the members of Ada Delta and our soul member at the time, uh, Marquette Smith at Ada Omega, helped me out. Um, they looked out for me uh, from the beginning and they really made me catch up. Um, and, it, and it was hard. It was hard work on my end. But by the time the end of this season, I was just as good as my peers. And it was just a blessing. And I, I was always indebted to them for it. Um, and I would help them out just in, in my entire freshman year, whether it was packing the bus or um, making sure that everybody got a ticket 
in order to go eat or things of that sort of nature. So I started to become really close to these people um, and they started looking out for me. And from that moment on, I just, I knew I was going to do it. Uh, and I was very vicious as a freshman. So um, I remember creating this entire informational uh, where it was like a panel discussion and all these other things. So new students that will be coming into the band next year will be a lot more informed on things to practice and things to do because I, when I was coming in, I didn't know, you know? Mm-hmm. So I took the opportunity upon myself to to do that. And when I created our information, um, my brother, Marquette Smith, during the time was just, he was there for me the whole time and, and helping me throughout it. And then after, I just, I knew I was going to do it. I just didn't know when. Um, <laughs> uh, and then last year during my sophomore year, um, I was just running a lot of things in the band and it just, it made sense. I, I, I looked at the brotherhood. I got to research more about the organization. The ideals just started setting up a lot. Um, and I wanted to be in a space where people like-minded had the same goals as me and the same background as me. I wanted to be, con- I wanted to be connected to alumni brothers that went through the same process as me and just knew what I was going through and was able to, to help me and help all of my dreams of fruition in the band come come to life so yeah. it just became a no-brainer um and i got initiated in spring 2020 and i love it i love it so much that's great to hear beautiful beautiful story so thank you both of you for, for sharing and uh Terrell, i i will have to say like when i when i first joined my college marching band and i met others who didn't have who didn't have marching bands at, at their high schools I, it took me by surprise a little bit, you know, I, I'm from Indiana, uh, which like it's, there's marching bands literally everywhere. Um, so when I had to, when I met people who didn't have that marching band experience, it really shifted my perspective and it, it made me a lot more appreciative of how I was teaching or helping other people learn how to march because it, I mean, you're right. Like it's such a culture shift and shock to be, you know, I mean, if you're waking up at 5 a.m. and running a mile or whatever, I mean, that's a shock enough, right? So with all that being said, you know, thank you for your work. And Miles, thank you for your work as well to, to being uplifting and empowering to other band members, just like others um, have done for you. Fantastic. All right. So my next question here, and, and uh, Terrell, we'll start with you in this one, is since you're starting KKSI, what has been your favorite thing? aspect or memory of KKSI? My favorite aspect is definitely the brotherhood. And it took me by surprise because I come from a huge family. I had 10 siblings. I got a twin brother. I wasn't necessarily looking for any more brothers. I'm kind of annoyed of the ones I already have. So coming into the fraternity and a little bit in my reasons why I went into people that was like-minded and I had all these goals and, and things that I wanted to do for the fraternity. But COVID, when COVID came in um, and the pandemic started happening, mm-hmm. all you had was to lean on to your brothers. And as we was going through this transitional period, you know, we did still put out events in virtual things, but most of the time we was with each other trying to figure this out. And we was getting to, to grow as brothers so much um, and getting to know each other in a deeper and personal level where it was just like, I wasn't necessarily looking for the brotherhood, mm-hmm. but it's definitely the best part. And I love it so much. So that's my favorite aspect so far being this fraternity. Definitely the yeah. brotherhood. And that's really great to hear. And honestly, like it, it really does break my heart to know that there are 
classes of brothers who haven't really gotten to fully experience what being in a chapter and fully experience that brotherhood being in person and just all the nuances that we we don't often think about. But I am very grateful to hear that you you have such a positive outlook on it because I, I would say like a lot of other people when they share their thoughts with me, I think it's completely valid. They are very heartbroken themselves. And they feel defeated. I think that's normal, but you have such a positive outlook in it. And you said you're still leaning um, you know, to the brotherhood, and you're still able to do so many things, even though COVID has kept you so far away. So again, thank you for that positivity, because I mean, it's, it's really refreshing to hear. So thank you. Definitely. Yeah. Miles, what about you? What is your favorite thing, aspect, or memory of KK Psy? Um, my favorite memory would have to be precincts uh, for the Northeastern District, the Southern precincts for the North Eastern District last spring. Mm-hmm. Um, that was our second day after our first degree. And we had, we didn't know what we were doing, to be honest. Like, they were like, okay, guys, so we're going to go to precincts. And we're like, <laughs> what's that again? Um, so, and we all piled in my little, um, I call my, a lot of my teachers call it the hoopty because it was a 1998 Nissan Altima. <laughs> and it was all five of us. We were all crammed in there. Um, and fun fact, all of us are above six feet. So, that was also very trying, but it was a lot of fun because for one, we met a lot of different brothers and sisters from uh, the different Southern precinct chapters like Morgan State mm-hmm. and uh, Virginia Tech and James Madison and things like that. Um, and you just got to see, you know, how everyone interacted with each other. Yeah. You know, I like I said before, you know, talking is my best ability. You know, if I had to pick a superpower, I'd have to talk every Monday. Okay. Um, so when it came down to it, I was like, yeah, you know, I got to meet people. I met a, a sister from Norfolk State and we kind of talked for five minutes. So I was like, my family's from down here. Um, and then after that, we went to different workshops and we had our one-on-one. And I just thought it was so much fun to just have all this happening in one place. And that would be something that I cherish forever because if it wasn't for the fact that our first degree was uh, this day before that, we probably wouldn't have gone. Uh, and we would have had to wait till the next year, which obviously is virtual. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's very cool. And I, and this is, uh, you said this is the precinct meeting at, was it Morgan State? Yes. Very cool. Well, I, I definitely was there and uh, it was my first precinct meeting. So I think uh, you were, I was just as lost as you were. <laughs> you gave a, I remember you gave a workshop <laughs> and I remember it and I was like, wow, we actually used it. We have a board outside of our band director's office uh-huh. that um, the membership candidates, they're tasked to changing it every week with a different topic for the band members. Yeah. Um, and I remember that we used some of your concepts for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. Thank you for, for sharing that. Um, no, I mean, I, I mean, it's just district events, national events, whatever you were able to attend, I mean, I encourage everybody, whoever's listening, to to go when when we can safely go. Um, and I mean, if there's ways that we're doing it virtually, to try to make the best of that as well. Because uh, again, even though we are virtual, uh, I have seen so many people make so many different connections and learn from you know different brothers, different perspectives from around the country. So go, but I, I would definitely say like the in-person events are so powerful and they're so unique. And I don't I, it, when you when I think about district and national events, I always think about hearing the hymn for the first time in a while in this large group of people. It's, it's a whole different experience. Like it is, it's emotional, it's deep, it's, it's, 
it's a, a memorable experience. Cool. Okay. So Miles, we'll start with I you. actually remember um Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, so go I was ahead. gonna say um during precincts last year actually when we when um everyone had sang the hymn and we were in the middle, um one of our brothers Owe was like recording it. And so we still have that video and that's how like we kind of learned the song because it was just so nice I to was have watching. everyone around you. It's like almost like a nice big hug. Yeah, I was watching the video today, like a couple hours ago. That's so crazy that you said it because I I never watched the because when it was on the precinct meeting yesterday, like and I was listening, I was just like, I miss I miss being. So I watched it literally today about like a couple hours ago, um, yeah. and it just felt so good. It just felt so good to watch it here. <laughs> yeah, it it kind of it it, it kind of refills you and re-energizes you, and I don't know. It's just it's such a special meaning behind those words and, and being able to, to hear it and sing it together. I mean, it just, it just revitalizes you. Okay. So Miles, we'll start uh, with you on this next question. So of course uh, you're both from Howard and, and that being an HBCU, I wanted to share a little bit more about what being a band member in on, on your campus, in your band, um, and being in an HBCU band, what makes it so unique? And I, I, I ask this question because I think sometimes people just assume all HBCU bands are the same and that like, everything is just, you know, pretty much standard across the board. But from what I have learned so far from the conversations that each institution band uh, chapter has such unique traditions and just different cultures. Um, so I wanted to know from your perspective, what traditions or cultural aspects makes your place a special and unique um, program um like i said besides waking up at 5 45 in the morning i say 5 o'clock <laughs> in the morning for a band camp um something that i really enjoyed is the family aspect between the whole band in general and the sections hmm. um we had so normally we take about three buses anywhere we go and every section has a specific bus and so when you're a freshman you don't know where to go and you're just following people and you're like do i get in this bus and if, I, if you're on the wrong bus like people like are looking at you like what are you doing here um so like the first bus was like clarinets and euphoniums and um who else was on the first bus i can't remember who else was on our bus with us but um it was clarinets euphoniums i think mellophones and then the second bus was trumpets flags and saxophones and the third bus is trombones uh percussion and the dancers so like that's how like you kind of build those bonds on like our little road trips like when we went to the Chicago City Classic, where uh, we beat Hampton's band up the water. Um, and really, it really kind of stuck to us. You know, we were all like, wow, like we get to have this nice little experience with each other and we get to have all these memories. So when we come back for homecoming, because homecoming is another beast in itself. But um, when we come back for homecoming 20 years down the road and I'm seeing Terrell and I'm like, remember that time we were on the bus and we broke down and then we had to walk this far and things like that. Oh, I love that. What a powerful story. Thank you so much. And if I may just add, uh, the band bus experience and memories are just one of those things that it's like you just have to tell the stories over and over again because it, it sparks such great memories. And I mean, the number of ugly pictures I have of other people sleeping. I mean, it's priceless. So uh, <laughs> just, it's, it's, I got a really, I just I got a really good one of, of Brother Ma. <laughs> I got a really good one of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. All right, Terrell, what about you? What, in your perspective, um, in your opinion, makes 
your program, your chapter, your uh, university so unique? Uh, I feel like the biggest thing is definitely the alumni presence. Um, Cause especially coming from New York, there's no homecoming or anything. So for me, when I came here and I got to understand the significance of homecoming and the alumni presence is just like, it's so great. And especially, in, it's not only in the fraternity as well. Like it's all around the band program. The alumni presence, alumni will come back and help you about anything. And they're very respectful. They're very nice. A lot of them come from huge different walks of life, um, but they share the same experience. They share the same love that in these past, when they was in the band for those four years, they cherished the moments that alumni would come back and come help them. So they come back all the time and it's just like, having those conversations, it makes everything that you're doing feel ever so much important. Um, and it helps you go harder. And I feel like it's one of the, the biggest drives in our marching band overall and the reason why we, we love it. And we and we do this all the time, no matter us having to wake up at, at crazy hours in the morning and running and marching. It's just like having your support yeah. um, and having their background in this and giving them i mean having their advice and guidance it's just been an amazing thing like you work a little bit with Rasai, um so you understand how amazing he is as a person but like even in the band sense before i was a member of kappa kappa Psi, he from the beginning um he would he drug me in because i remember watching the band um before i was in the band during my freshman year orientation and we was it was like this pep rally and Rasai was just yelling about the band um, and he was getting people out. And I didn't even know who he was, but it was just so electrifying and it was so captivating. And I was just like, I just got to be a part of it. And to know that he's an alumni and other people are alumni and they're not getting paid to do all this, but they just come back and want to show love and support. It just makes you want to be a part of the band so much. Um, and it makes you appreciate everything that you're doing there. So, yeah, yeah. definitely an alumni presence. I can definitely appreciate that. And I will say, uh, I was I was taken back in a very good way, like surprised in a very positive way. When it was back at that precinct at Morgan State, when we were uh, the chapters were doing the one-on-ones with the council, uh, I sat in on those meetings to observe. And the I was just so pleasantly surprised to see like you, you, your chapter had alumni there, um, you know, asking questions and encouraging members to, to ask their questions. And I mean, there, it was a, to me, I felt like a healthy relationship there that was more based on mentorship than it was based on control. And I think that is very special and very, I mean, I, I hope that someday, uh, maybe soon that your chapter would be willing to maybe present present on it or something um, just to kind of showcase, like, how does that come about? Because that's very unique because a lot of times we have to tell, we have to, you know, sit alumni down and be like, all right, what you're doing is a little bit, well, it's overbearing. You're kind of, you're overstepping and, you know, you need to let the members do their thing. But again, from what I saw, it was a very healthy relationship there. So I appreciate you bringing that up. All right. So for our next question here, Terrell, we'll start with you. Uh, so right now we're recording and this will be released still in February, but I wanted to know with it being Black History Month, I wanted to know, Terrell, what does it mean to you? And what do you hope that brothers from all across the nation get out of this special month? Uh, it's crazy you ask this question because I'm like now being a Howard starting when I got to Howard, I started realizing how significant this month is. Um, and that's because of 
long history with some mates that Howard produces in terms of alumni um, that has gone to work to walk this face of earth, whether it was from Thurgood Marshall, who new face like Kamala Harris, um, or things of that certain nature. It, it means an opportunity to, to put right boundaries. Um, and it's crazy because today I was um, virtual streaming church, uh, and it was the same church that I go to in D.C., and we was having a lesson about Maya Angelou. And I'm just like, all this time, I'm just learning so much more. Um, so this Black History Month in significance has just been so eye-opening for me. Um, and as recently, like, like I said in, in a little bit when I was explaining my 2021, um, how I said it was chaotic but inspiring. The inspiring part definitely comes out this month because you you get to realize when I was doing all these internships and I was talking to all these different people and, and these um, different interviews and things that I saw in nature, you realize how significant you are as a human being and the power and the magnitude that you have, especially coming from Howard University and seeing the great do it, you feel ever so more inspired to do what they're doing and accomplish the feats that they're doing. So Black History Month in February, it always makes me wake up. Like my it, my ancestors is watching me. I need to be great um, just because I have all the tools too. I have a family around me. I have a brotherhood around me. Um, like I have those things in my life. So since I have the opportunity to, opportunity to Black History Month has always inspired me to do more and do better. So that's what this month means to me. I love that. That's very inspiring as well, just to hear you say that. I think, um, and I think it's very important that our, our people who are listening and any like people who hear that get the depth behind what you're saying, of that what it what it means not only the representation, but the history and the support and just in general, the, the, the potential of doing great work and making great impact for those to follow you, your future brothers, your, you know, future Americans, future students of, of Howard, future members of, of your band. So I, I, that's very inspiring. So thank you for, so much for sharing. Miles, uh, same question to you here. Um, looking at Black History Month, I wanted to know what it means to you. Um, Black History Month to me means gaining normalcy. And when I say that, I mean, I don't want to be seen as the token Black kid in the class or, you know, like the one Black person that's not angry or things like that. And I come from a predominantly white city, so I didn't really know a lot about my history. You know, I didn't know about HBCUs. I had never heard the song Lift Every Voice and Sing before, which everyone is like, what? Wow. Crazy about you. And so it really, in my eyes, it's all about getting normalcy. You know, a lot of the things that we do, you know, people want to highlight, you know, people want to put a label on it. You know, people want to say, oh, black people are good at um, sports or, you know, black people are good at singing when in all actuality, anyone can be good at anything. And, you know, you shouldn't be using your race per se to really define you you know i don't i hate when people are like you know oh you're a smart black kid or you know or when people tell like my friends all the time oh you're pretty for a black girl and you know it's just all about gaining normalcy within the world so that way you know we can all live in harmony um i mentor kids at my other job it's called the kids club we used to be a boys and girls club yeah. and i have a lot of uh black kids who are very 
caught are very self-conscious about themselves and about their hair type and about their skin. And I tell them all the time, like, oh, no, you're pretty. You know, you're cute. You're handsome. You know, don't ever let anyone try to really take tear you down because you may look different because there's not two people in this world that look the same. Even identical, even identical twins have one thing off about them. So, you know, you can't really define yourself based off of one characteristic. Yeah. No, again, very powerful stuff. So, so thank you so much for sharing. And it, it, yeah, I mean, you're completely right. Like the, the microaggressions that, that members of minority communities often hear on a day-to-day basis essentially start to tear away at your self-identity and your sense of understanding who you are and your ties to your, your culture, your, your background, your family. And I think you're right. I think the, the, the things that you're doing is so great, especially with, with younger kids and, and, and helping them build up their identity. Um, and you, ha- you had something else to add. Uh, yeah, well, I will say that um, growing up, I actually did have a problem with my own identity because uh, in my school city, we have five different elementary schools that have different demographics and mine was more predominantly Black. Um, so when it came down to it, you know, I had Black kids that didn't really want to accept me because I didn't have the nicest shoes or the nicest clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I had the white kids that didn't want to accept me simply because you know, I just wasn't white. And so, you know, I've always had that kind of trouble with like my identity, you know, and then people want to make fun of you like, oh, you um, you talk too proper, you, you know, you talk white or, you know, mm-hmm. um, why do you sit like that or things like that? I'm sitting here like it's not anything about colors, about how you were raised. Mm-hmm. You know, my mother is from uh, North Carolina. Um, and if you know anything about the South, they are the nicest people down there. Sorry, Terrell, but New Yorkers are mean. Uh, people, people from North Carolina and anywhere in the South are so sweet. And so I always speak to people. I always say hi. You know, I always ask how people's days are doing. And, you know, people like look at me now and they're like, oh, like you just changed. And I'm like, what do you mean? I just I say hi. So, you know, it's all about, you know, starting with the kids. You know, if you have them comfortable in their skin at a young age, by the time they grow up, hopefully they should be comfortable then too. Yeah. I, I, I love hearing this. And, and you know, the, the reason I, I wanted to ask this question specifically, and one part is to bring understanding and basically light to the significance and the impact of this type of month and, and, and why why we have this month, the celebrations we have, the education that comes along with it, the self-discovery, the spiritual aspect of it. But also to really point out as well is that just like how Miles, Terrell, everybody else, myself included, that we deal with the microaggressions on a day-to-day basis our entire lives, these conversations should happen beyond February as well. While February is the you know the dedicated months to celebrate and all that, I hope that these celebrations, these highlights, these these um, recognitions, these conversations happen throughout the entire year and continue to happen as we start to continue to build our brotherhood, support one another, and bring awareness and just educate ourselves and those around us. So, very much thank you, thank you for for taking the time to share that. Uh, now comes to the part where I ask you random questions that come to my head, just so that our listeners can get to know you now because this will be a little bit more rapid fire feel free to leave yourselves unmuted and then we'll just go miles to rail miles to rail miles to rail okay so we'll start with okay. something 
something I hope easy. What is your favorite color? Um, I actually now have two favorite colors. Uh, ever since I was a kid, gold has always been my favorite color because I love the color of royalty. And now purple is also in the mix because purple is another color of royalty. And I just dyed my hair purple. I love it. Terrell? Mine is orange. Nice, clean, easy orange. Okay, I love it. Um, what is your biggest pet peeve? Um, my biggest pet peeve is when people sit down at a dirty table at my job. Um, yes, I just hate when people sit down at a dirty table instead of being patient and asking. Okay, okay. Yeah, respected. Terrell? Uh, my pet peeve is... Okay, I hate ketchup, um, but I hate when people overuse ketchup, too. Like, okay, you can eat ketchup, but just don't squirt the whole bottle on your on your food. Like, you can't even taste the food at that point. I don't even like that many sauces on my food. So, like, people that just overuse ketchup for everything is just... Oh, it's, it's a big pet peeve of mine. And I hate the way it smell, look, taste, all of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Noted. Okay. Okay, noted. So, <clears throat> my next question here, um, since it's, it's basically dinner time, uh, well, a little bit early, but we're getting there. If you, if money, time, effort wasn't like an issue, if you could have any meal right now, what would it be? Oh, that's easy. Spaghetti. That's my favorite food. My mother cooks your favorite food <laughs> for your birthday, and that was mine. Oh, I love it. I love it. Girl? Me? You said meal, but uh, my favorite food is cake. I tell them all the time. It sounds crazy, but it's for important reasons. Um, <laughs> the first reason why I love cake so much is because it's a celebration every time cake is around. So people are smiling. It's a good time. You know, it's a birthday party or it's a big celebration of some sort. I just love the way our cake makes me feel. Um, the second part is like it's cultural as well. So different cultures have their own version of cakes. And I love going places and trying what's the most popular cake there just to get that vibe. And it's delicious. Like cake is usually something that you can't mess up. Um, <laughs> and it's just fun. So cake, some really good cake um, is what I want. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, let me just add that um, through growing up. What about you? Me? Oh, Lord. Um, you know, I I love Korean fried chicken because it's good. It's spicy. It's crunchy. And if I can just eat with my hands all day long, I mean, like without people judging me, which I often do by myself in my in my condo. But if I could just go get some fried uh, Korean fried wings right now. I totally would. Um, but with, with the cake, I wanted to mention really quickly, growing up, we've I've never really been able to enjoy much cake because anytime there's cake in my family for any celebration, it gets thrown, people get face put into it. Cake never lasts. It literally, like, it, like you, you know, like they get this expensive, nice cake. It's pretty, you take pictures and then it's gone because people are throwing it. It's, it's a, my family, they're heathens, all heathens. All right, so my, my next uh, question here is, if you could get rid of any band instrument, which instrument would it be? Um, this is going to sound very bad. Uh, I'd get rid of the trumpet because um, I, I feel like the trumpet is just a mixture of like a high woodwind and a low brass just put together. And I feel like the trumpet's part could just be played in another instrument. So I feel like, and the trumpets are always so cocky. I played trumpet since fifth grade. Now I play euphonium in the marching band. But uh, I even know trumpets, trump, 
Trumpets have always been so cocky with themselves. And so, you know, I just, the cockiness isn't needed. <laughs> oh, Terrell. Trumpets are the heart of the band. Okay. Said no um, one ever. Okay. But anyway, um, it matters what type of band you're talking about. So is it marching band or country band? Because I have two different answers for both. <laughs> I'll go with any band if you it's, were thinking of. The one that you want okay, to Okay. So if it's march. If it's marching band, I'll definitely say saxophones. I feel like they're overhyped. Um, people fantasize over that instrument. It's an easy instrument to play. It's, it's whatever. Like, unless it's in a jazz sense, I don't care that much about a saxophone at all whatsoever. Um, so I definitely would have to say saxophone. Okay. Probably overall. I just, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Love it. Um, so my last question here. Um, if you could pick the location of the next national convention, the one after Grand Rapids, to be literally anywhere in the world, where would national convention be held? Um, I'm going to go back to a trip that I took summer 2019, and I would say Mexico. Um, I got to go to Mexico for a month because of school. I did it, and I got six, six credits, and it was only a month. So basically two Spanish classes covered in one month. And I got to, like, have all these different excursions, see Afro-Mexican villages. And, you know, I feel like that was just a fun place. And I feel like if we brought, like, everyone in uh, KKSI and TBS there, you know, it would just be a party. And, you know, I could be the translator. I know we have other brothers and sisters who speak Spanish. I'm like, yeah, you know, it would just be a a unique experience. And, you know, I feel like, you know, if we were ever to have, like, our, like, first international chapter, I would want to be somewhere, like, Spanish-speaking so we can all go visit. I love it. I love it. And honestly, it may, it may be too good of a party. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely have to plan around the uh, around the party with the business. So, Terrell, what about you? Uh, for me, and this is selfish, I would definitely say New York. Because I, I feel like out of all the states, um, especially Greek life, I just, it's definitely not in the city of New York. I never been introduced to any type of grief like whether it is Kappa Kappa Sala Sigma or the MPAC on my campus or anything that I saw in nature I feel like a part of New York just needs that type of life like and me I went to performing arts high school and I did band on my life but didn't know what Kappa Kappa Psi was until I got to college and I feel like we can use those opportunities and and if it is in New York to to make a, a huge statement just overall to a bunch of people who don't know who we are. Um, and I feel like it would be an amazing thing because I love this fraternity so much and I love New York so much. And it's just like, it just feels kind of separate. So yeah. I would love to make an impact there, especially at my high school if I can. Um, and yeah, so definitely New York. I love it. I love it. Two very different locations, uh, different vibes there. Now, what? how would you feel if, if convention was ever held in D.C.? You know, I was going to say, that was my second option. I was like, if anything, I would want it to be held on Howard's campus because I feel like D.C. is big enough to house enough people um, if it wasn't COVID, obviously. Um, but I feel like D.C. would be big enough to um, house all the um, different chapters that come, different people and everything like that. And I just feel like it would be a lot of fun because, you know, you get to see the D.C. culture. People don't know what go-go music is or, you know, people don't know um what are you street is or things like that and those are like a lot of the big aspects of it yeah 
I've seen a bunch yeah. of like like Terrell said, MPHC, uh, Greek Life organizations, and like uh, for example, Zeta Phi Beta had like their centennial last year, and the whole campus was blue. Mm-hmm. All you saw was blue Zetas and Sigmas, and you're looking at them and you're like, wow, just imagine if we brought like every brother and sister of our organization here, it'd just be blue and white everywhere. <laughs> and I would just love to see that on my campus. I literally like echoing everything he said. That would definitely be my second choice as well. I feel like being there on the campus would just, it would literally be amazing um, in and out of itself. Uh, and it's something I want to share with you guys and share with my other brothers as well. Like, what we go through on a day-to-day basis. And I feel like just being on Howard's campus, I feel like everybody should just experience it once. It's a magnificent campus. Every time I go in there, I know I feel something. Um, but it just, it's a sense of empowerment. Um, it's a sense of history uh, that I feel like will be quite great, quite great for everybody to experience, especially my brothers and sisters. Yeah. So I'll definitely want to have the National Convention there. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, you know, again, you, you've both taken so much time and energy to uh, answer all the questions I've already asked you. So I really appreciate your willingness to speak on everything so far. Uh, I do have one last question and um, we'll start with Miles on this one and then we'll go to Terrell. Um, but just for anyone listening or anyone curious, what is the most important leadership lesson that you've learned during your time in band? Um, I think the most important leadership lessons I've learned is to be patient. You know, you can't rush everything. Um, if you rush everything, that's how things get muddled up. And that's how people make mistakes. And once you make mistakes, then you can't come back from them. And then this is the downward spiral. So I really feel like patience is going to be your best friend in any leadership aspect. If you look at a lot of the great leaders in the world, they were patient, you know, like they say, Rome was not built in a day. I appreciate that. I appreciate uh, a slight musical reference in that in that uh, leadership lesson as well. Terrell, what about you? Um, honestly, I'm torn between two. But my first one is definitely initiative. Um, when it comes to a leader and you being in a leadership position, you take an initiative in a band, especially our band, I know will be very, very helpful. Like, there's as much, there's only one band director, you feel me? Um, and there's a million things going on at once in the band. And sometimes the, everything is not always accounted for. So you stepping up and you being a leader is something that I experienced so much in this band and so many of my brothers have as well. But the second one is definitely communication. Like speak, like and speak well and learning, learning how to speak to people, learning how to speak to the band directors to get your, your, ideas and what you want across in a proficient manner um, and making sure that it's all concise when you come to them is very, very important because if you don't learn that skill, you're not going to get nothing done as a leader. Um, you need to gain respect and you need to speak to the people around you that's like-minded as well to build upon your ideas and shoot down things that doesn't make sense. So communication and initiative is those two most important skills, I feel like. Amazing and powerful, powerful lessons there. So thank you. Um, Miles, Terrell, brothers, thank you so, so very much uh, from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to join us today on yet another call. 
Uh, but to take your time to prepare and to answer these questions. So on behalf of the fraternity and the National Council, just wanted to say how much we truly appreciate and admire all that you're doing to continue to promote musicianship, leadership and service, even through these tough COVID times. And of course, a huge thanks to all of our listeners for joining today as well. If you like this episode, then please share, suggest our podcast series to another brother today and subscribe if you haven't already done so. You know, we do this not to hear ourselves talk, but to share insight that could be meaningful for you. But we also need your help in finding topics to cover and brothers such as Miles and Terrell to join me as guests on the show to share more about their perspective and their experience. So if you have suggestions, please reach out to me at bonco at kkpsi.org. Thanks again for joining us today on KKSI Presents. My name is Bonco, your host, and I wish you all much love today. And as always, A-E-A.